How cool would it be to get Paul McCartney as a morning show guest? Well, that might be difficult, but I got the next best thing, and that's my pal Mike Miller, who I've known for years. He's been a studio guest here, and he is either A, a Paul McCartney impersonator, or B, he does Paul McCartney tributes. Maybe we can ask what the difference in those things is and what he does, but I'll tell you what, if you saw pictures of him, there's one on our website right now at WILA.com. He's pretty much a dead ringer for Sir Paul McCartney, Maka, as we call it. Mike, good to have you back again, my friend. And I think we should start things off this morning by explaining the timetable of why we booked the show for this morning and then what went south. Good morning. Good morning, Wayne, and good morning, uh, Scotland and uh, the surrounding areas. It's nice to be back with you, as always, Wayne. So, um, yeah, we my... Uh, tribute band, which is um, pretty much what McCartney's format now in concert, his his Beatles and Wings and solos. Uh, name of the band is One Sweet Dream. Like I'm sure that lyric sounds familiar if you're an Abbey Road fan. Um, the Paul McCartney Experience, and uh, we have gotten a really cool gig playing a uh, free concert. Uh, party for uh, McCartney's concert on Fenway. There's still one coming up June 7th and 8th uh, at Fenway Park. And we were booked to uh, at uh, Bill's Bar within Lansdowne Pub right there on uh, just literally if you step out their doors, Fenway is like right in front of you. Uh, you could take 30 steps and walk into the wall. It's yeah, so a David Ortiz home run away from home plate. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, um, so, uh, we, you know, we, we've been together as a band for 12 years. Uh, and you know, as, as you get older, you know, the health issues start to creep in or other personal issues and things like that. And the bottom line of that is, is um, uh, I lost my, um, uh, guitar player and keyboard player uh, from the band. Um, my keyboard player, uh, know how? I guess I could go into this. Um, went in for a quadruple bypass, so he's he's out. Like he's out of the band uh, totally. Uh, he's not coming back to it. He's in his seventies. My guitar player reach 70 and it, it, it's just getting hard to lug all this stuff around because we're not famous like the real Paul. We don't have a, a roadies and you know, when things up and I, I myself, I'm, I want to say only in my fifties, uh, approaching 60, a couple more years away from that. But I've had health issues too. Um, heart related and, um, you know, but, um, it seems, it seems like everybody we know is is, is is having these problems lately. Especially if you look on Facebook, you see some old friends, you know, people your age. They you notice they're starting to, you know, life is starting to um, bite them in the butt. So, Mike, just back me up there a little bit. You're obviously a huge Paul McCartney fan, and you got the benefit of ha having the looks that go along with it. And a little later on, maybe now, we'll get you to do the McCartney accent, the British accent. It works. I think the only thing that's different between you and Paul McCartney and a couple of billion dollars is that he's a left-handed bass player, and you play right-handed, right? Yeah. 
yeah, unfortunately. I mean, there's there's times, you know, I you know, I thought I wonder if I could take a full length mirror and bring it on stage with me and stand in front of it and project the image because I've I've tried it as a lefty, uh, turning the base upside down, and because uh, I used to get that a lot. Oh, you know, they may have the look, or you may have this or that, but uh, you're you're not left. I had a um, um, a member of uh, a Beatlemania type tribute band. They auditioned me one time, and everything seemed to be going well. And one of them said, "Yeah, but he's not a lefty," and I never got in the band. You know. Well, I can see where in Beatlemania that would be an issue, but to me, if if you're, I saw you at Dodd Stadium once, and you're just dropped out tr- tremendous once you get going you kind of forget that you're not playing the bass left-handed so what was it about the beatles that first floated your boat floated my boat <laughs> well yeah I, I as opposed to your yellow submarine yeah da, 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 da. Um, yeah so um what was i saying before you, um, well, I was just asking about what it was that first got you into the Beatles. Wow. Um, it, when I was um, probably eight years old, um, I actually had um, I had a dream that was it a sweet dream, Mike? One sweet. Oh, you are on it. This band's name is One Sweet Dream. I'm only on my first cup of uh, coffee here. Well, I should say English tea, and uh, so I'm not as alert. But I'm I'm, I'm glad you're uh, you're picking up the slack for me here. But yeah, I had a dream that um, that McCartney. Uh, it w- it was a, a driving movie screen, and a, a, the Let It Be movie was playing on on the driving movie screen. And there was a close-up of when you see McCartney with the beard uh, on the piano doing Let It Be. And I was flying over the um, drive-in movie screen while he was doing it. I have no idea why. Um, I do remember around that time when I first got into the Beatles uh, was actually visually because I had seen one of their old movies um, like on WOR Channel 9 out of New York was running help or maybe let it be back then when the the actual Beatle movies, you know, were on television. Um, and so I, I never, I had a dream. I never thought of anything like that. And then um, for my 13th birthday, um, Ram, the McCartney's album Ram, and uh, the Band on the Run albums were always played by my siblings around the house. I remember I got the Ram album for uh, a birthday present, uh, you know, and my brother was like, you're going to love this this album. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I already do love it because I hear it around the house. So from a toddler, that music um, and visually seeing their antics uh, through the movies, uh, just maybe subconsciously got in me before I really knew what it was all about. And at what point, Mike, did you figure out that you had a resemblance, a facial resemblance to Paul McCartney, and then from that point on, the whole McCartney impersonation thing must have taken off? Well, Michael Jackson told me, let me explain. <laughs> Back in the early 80s, you must remember this, uh, uh, 
there was a, a, a big fad going on with lip syncing. And there used to be a television show on called Putting on the Hits where um, they had people lip sync songs. They had a contest. And a lot of them were lookalikes of the, or they were dressed up to look like the band or, 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 or the singer. Well, local um, nightclubs in Connecticut, they jumped on that bandwagon. So they started having all these contests. And at the time, this was 84, I think, um, I was actually into Billy Joel more than anything. And um, so I entered one of these contests as Billy Joel from the, uh, the what was it, the Innocent Man album era and the Teller About a video when he comes out and then he's got the black shades on and, and the hair is, is back. Tell her about it was almost like a takeoff on an Ed Sullivan show appearance. Yeah, yeah. If you see the video, it's it's exactly like that. They even have Will Jordan um, opening it up <clears throat> as Ed, and we all know how great he is at that. And um, so I entered uh, this contest as Billy Joel, and there was a Michael Jackson there. And at that time, 83, 84, Thriller had been on a couple of years, and McCartney and Jackson had a, a duet on uh, the Thriller album, The Girl Is Mine. And 84, McCartney, uh, with the release of Pipes of Peace, had Say, Say, Say. So I met this Michael Jackson guy, and I had the glasses off. And he said, oh, man, you got to do Paul McCartney. Hey, do Paul McCartney with me. We got to do this song. We got to do this song. So I, well, really? Okay, just totally, yeah, I definitely know who, who Paul McCartney is. So we did those two songs, and we just mowed down the competition. Every, every club we went to, we entered that in every contest. We auditioned for the show. We got accepted by the actual television show, which got canceled before we were able to make our performance. So that's a real bummer. Uh, we we could have been on national TV doing that. Uh, so and from that point on, it 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 just wasn't. It was just I, I kept being approached by people, um, agencies. No, I don't really. I just wasn't taking it seriously at that time. You know, like no, I don't really play and sing. No, sorry. No, I you know I love to do your show at your casino for three thousand dollars a week, but I don't really play. No, no, no. And so then all those offers started to increase. And then I was doing the math, thinking about all the money that was that I was not making by doing that. So finally, I just, you know what, I just stopped being intimidated. And I walked into a used guitar shop in either Shelton or Derby, Connecticut. And there was this replica of... Uh, it was close. To, it wasn't like the exact Hoffner bass. It was a Japanese version, um, more of a reddish uh, tone to it than the brownish tan one that you see him play. And it was a 67. It was less than 200. I think it was like $150. So I grabbed that and I started to learn the songs. Now, back in those days, it, it wasn't easy as pie. We could just go on the Internet and watch somebody do it or follow the instructions on the YouTube video, like having your own teacher in front of you. Um, we weren't at those days yet, technology. So I literally, I sat down with headphones on, listening to CDs 
of the songs and trying to find the bass with my ear within the song and then transporting it to the bass, finding it on the bass, writing it down on paper, uh, just days and days and months and months and years and years. And I just finally got it. And so I would say the first time I ever did a band was 96. Uh, so Which is about the time I saw you at Dodd Stadium, because uh, you and I used to hang out together in the press box at Dodd, and there was one time, wasn't it like between games of a doubleheader or something like that? Yeah, yeah, boy, I miss those days. Boy, do I miss those days in that place. That was like, that was just great memories, and w- one of the, if there is such a word as funnest, funnest times of my life, yeah. Yeah, we had fun up there in that old booth, so... Tell me how excited you were to get this booking on Lansdowne Street at a bar on the night or nights when McCartney's going to be playing at Fenway, and then how disappointed you were when health issues meant you had to cancel the gig. Very much so. Well, I don't know if you know this, but that actually would have been our second time, uh, our band, because the last time he was at Fenway, uh, we did that same place, August of 2016, and... It was really strange during that show, which luckily I'm so glad I have on video, um, what we're doing, the songs that we're doing, and the people are there, and just knowing he's across the street in that stadium. So you always kind of have in the back of your mind is like, will somebody from the band walk in? They must know that we're here. It's being advertised right on the sidewalk, and everybody's walking, and there's my picture and stuff. But we don't know if anybody uh, uh, from his entourage ever snuck in and snuck out. But the oddest feeling was after the show, and we were lugging our stuff um, back into our vehicles, and I, the, the concert had already started. So I'm, I walk out the door when I'm just finishing performing as Paul McCartney, and I walk out the door, and the first thing I hear right in front of me at Fenway is McCartney himself singing Let Me Roll It. And I, I just stopped at my car, and I just looked up at the stadium and, and heard him. And it, it, it was just so strange. It just blew my mind that, you know, like you think about what I just started the conversation off with you about how it started with Michael Jackson as like an accident and not taking it seriously or anything like that. And here I am, I'm like standing in front of Fenway. I'm listening to McCartney and right in back of me was a venue that I just performed of as, as him. And so I, I can't explain that. I can't explain the exhilaration. My guest this morning is a longtime friend of mine, Mike Miller, who does an amazing tribute a.k.a. impersonation of Paul McCartney. I've seen his act, and it's really good. He has a band called One Sweet Dream, and they are going to be performing outside Fenway Park at a bar when Paul McCartney's at Fenway next week. And then health issues made them have to cancel, which obviously is disappointing for Mike and his band. Mike, if you were to do that concert outside of Fenway when McCartney's there playing Fenway next week, what would your set list be, and how might that compare and contrast to what Paul's set list would be here in 2022? Oh, I love that question. Uh, <clears throat> well, McCartney has always said in his interviews uh, for his concerts, he always puts his frame of mind uh, 
the same as uh, what a fan of his would think a concert goer, what they would expect to hear at a McCartney concert. So you have all the usual hits. So he's always said that that's how he he uh, arranges the set list. And, of course, to promote whatever album is out at the time as, as far as new stuff. Um, this past tour, I was checking out some of the videos that have surfaced on YouTube. There's actually a section in there um, where he says, uh, I noticed that when we do Beatles songs, uh, there's a lot of people out there and the cell phone lights are on or whatever. And when we get into doing new stuff, the, all the lights go out, people start walking, and he actually said, uh, but you know what, these are my songs too, and we're going to play them, so if you don't like them, too bad, you know? <laughs> so, Well, then, you know what, Mike, that kind of reminds me of the old Rick Nelson garden party concept where people wanted to hear Hello, Mary Lou, and not the more recent stuff they didn't know. Right, right, right. And he, he, he you know, he, he, he's never really thought or he's never said that publicly before. It's always, well, people want to hear, hey, Jude, and I want to say that. And there have been some comments left on some of those concerts where it, it seemed that, that he didn't do as, as many Beatles um, in this, on this recent tour. And what's ironic is what he thinks now, that's how I've always thought about my my tribute band because I always wanted it to be like an honest tribute meeting. There's a I wanted to show there's much more to McCartney and his talent than Beatles and Band on a Run. There, there, there's just so much uh, so much out there still of oh, you know I like McCartney with the Beatles but he never really did anything good since Band on a Run. You know which is just bogus and most of the time when people say that they haven't even really listened to much of his material after that especially the current stuff so what i always wanted to do with my band was yeah you're going to get all my love and you're going to get hey jude you're going to get live and let die you're going to get band on the run and jet yada 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 but you know what here's some really great stuff that maybe you haven't heard before and i kind of at at times feel maybe even an advocate for McCartney saying, you know what, like I hear what you're saying right now and you have so many more great songs, you know, I'll, I'll get those songs out to people. So, so they hear them too. And after a show, um, so many times I have somebody come up and say, Oh, I can't believe you did that song. You know, I've always wanted McCartney to do that song in concert. There's a, a lot of Beatle and McCartney fans, particularly. Um, there's a lot of them uh, diehard fans that they love the album cuts. They love the deep album cuts. And um, one of the comments you, you, you'll also see on on his uh, uh, recent videos that I post on YouTube. If somebody might say, well, I didn't go this year because the set list hasn't changed. And, and, you know, I've seen the same thing. He does the same thing with Living Let Die and Hey Jude and blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't really change it up a lot. And what was really cool, what I was really excited about this show that was scheduled, uh, his pre-concert, is um, 
um, it gave me an excuse to really change up the set list, like and not do a lot of the hits. And I could get away by saying, well, you're going to be hearing all these hits next door from the real guy in about an hour or, or two, you know, band on the run or uh, maybe I'm amazed. And so we've comprised the set list to songs that were either deep album cuts, songs he's never done before, or songs that he hasn't done in a long time. And I was like, this is going to be so much fun. Wayne, we had Misery, the old Beatles song Misery, on the list. I mean, we went way back, and we had Misery. We, we, we were going to do I'll Follow the Sun, Two of Us, uh, some 80s uh, solo from Tug of War. And this was really going to be a fun show and get a lot of different uh mccartney music out there and either turn some people on to it that haven't heard it before or just excite them by saying my god i've always loved this song i've never heard it live before and then it just went and that was that but we actually i actually tried to uh keep it going for an unplugged version because my drummer is very talented musically uh he could do keyboards he could do uh guitar he has orchestration on the keyboard, and I thought, well, you know what, maybe the two of us, quote-unquote, uh, can keep this going, and we could do kind of unplugged versions of, 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 the, of these songs. So again, we got excited, because now we're like, hey, we get to do these a different way now. But then I just never heard back from the place, so I'm assuming that they moved on. So it's a bummer, you know, but we'll see. Mike, do you think this will be McCartney's last tour? Um, at first I, I thought so because when I heard that he quote got back, um, uh, explain what you mean by that. I know what you meant by it, but just kind of clarify what that got back line means. Well, McCartney had, a, he had a tour set, uh, for 2020 and then of course COVID hit and, uh, you know, uh, him as well as everybody else just had to put everything on, on a uh, pause and uh, he publicly uh, made an announcement uh, regarding that, saying, um, I, I promise when all of this blows over or cools down, I will get back uh, to all of you with, with uh, my music and, and the tours. And get back, of course, the song he sang with the Beatles in their later years, and then he titles this tour Got Back. I like that. By the way, is, is uh, the guy that's going to be performing on stage at Fenway Park next week, is he really alive, Mike? <laughs> I'm going to go into that again. Yeah, he is. I, I, I think he is. Yeah, we're, we're we're talking about the old Paul is is, is dead hoax. Uh, check your Facebook, Wayne. I sent you a photo that um, maybe you might might want to download onto your website. It's it's the most interesting. I don't. I've never seen it before. The first time I saw, it, I never saw it before. I don't think you've ever seen it before. Probably nobody's seen it before. Paul, Linda, and some big dog out in the field someplace. That's it. Was that? He's got a shovel there. He's not digging his own grave, is he? Yeah, this is actually a Paul is Dead clue post-Beatles into his 
solo career, there, there, there's some speculation about more clues beyond the Beatle clues once he got into his solo years. And some of it is actually, I would say, more, more laughable uh, than interesting like it was with the Beatles. But, but this picture that I sent over to you, this was taken during... Uh, the Ram era, so what, 70, 71. They're on their farm. Uh, I think it's High Farm in Scotland. And the picture is they're on their farm. Uh, Paul, Paul is, is standing up. Uh, Linda, his wife, is on the ground, and she's holding his, like, clenching his leg from the knee down, so his shin, and their sheepdog, Martha, is on the side. And if you look at it closely, he's the area that Paul is standing on is is an area that was dug and filled, and it's the length and shape of like a body or a casket. And Paul... <laughs> Paul is standing right on top of that area. Linda, I think, is on the edge of it, and her legs are coming across it, and, and she's, she's, she's holding them. And to Paul's left backside, a little bit behind him on the left, is a shovel. Is a shovel that's stuck in the ground as if, you know, it, was just, it just got through digging and you're sticking in the ground. Well, my take on all that is that people think too much. There are clues that Paul is dead from the 60s and maybe early 70s, like this picture, that people see and they read stuff into it that were never designed to be there. However, the other side of the coin, I was really big into this, and I, I did a whole radio production of it. It's on Reel to Reel someplace, and I can't play that here anymore. I have no idea where that is now. But my theory is that the Beatles did it as a tongue-in-cheek thing. How it's kept secret over the years, I don't know. But those clues were definitely there. And I think they wanted to use that, maybe publicity stunt. But the thing is that there was so much going on back then with those clues that people started looking at everything, and they found a bunch of other stuff that was never intended to be a clue. And I'm sure that John, Paul, George, Ringo, they'd hear about that, and they'd go, wow, never thought of that one. So I think that it was a clever little publicity stunt, and here we are 50-some years later talking about it. Mike, it's always good talking about Paul McCartney and the Beatles and your music and the band One Sweet Dream. And I hope your health stays good, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. I hope so, too. <laughs> Mike Miller, former Scotland resident who does a tremendous tribute concert to Paul McCartney, who, by the way, is coming to Fenway Park next week. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.